Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ben Kirk, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, and I am joined on the podcast today by Ben Kirk, who is known amongst his clients as the Productivity PT. He is a highly sought-after productivity and high-performance expert. You'll get that through our conversation today. We could have geeked out for far longer about productivity and time management and all that stuff. Um, He's known for his direct approach to helping individuals and businesses achieve their goals. Uh, His mantra, do better, be better, win the day, which we do discuss, but we go beyond the day. Uh, It encapsulates his philosophy of self-discipline, consistency, and accountability. We get into a whole bunch of stuff. We talk about night owls, early birds. We talk about the idea of reflection and its importance. We talk about accountability and the thing that bugs us most about productivity and how people approach it. We get into all that during our conversation here today. So without further ado, here's my conversation and a productive one at that with Ben Kirk. Enjoy. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today for a productive conversation. One that we will endeavor to keep within the time constraints that we have because you and I, as I mentioned before we hit record, could go on for hours with the amount of productivity geekery that we could get into. Yes, we certainly uh, certainly can try and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I get asked a lot out of the gate, um, but I want I would like you to take a different slant with it. So um, the idea of being productive, getting into productivity, you know, people will ask me mm. like, what got you excited? What got you into productivity? What, you know, what, what, what lit you up about it that made you pursue a career in it? I, I want to go a bit of an, a, on a different angle with that. And I'm like, well, you've been doing it for a while. What is the one thing that you find continuously frustrated about the world of productivity that your experience has kind of shown you is a, misnomer a problem or just an, a, a mission that you're trying to help people overcome or, or or a mission that you're trying to help people with so that they can overcome this problem yeah probably the number one thing is all the new stuff that's coming out all the time about it now i like the new science I like the new slants on things and understanding. This is how the brain works. This is why we do what we do. But all the different spins that are coming out, all the different bits of software that are coming out, um, it used to be back in the day it was planners. And there was a few big name planners and people would grab their planners and and that, that was the thing. Uh, 
Yes, we okay. There's also the audio recordings and, and stuff like that. But as far as things to help you out with your productivity and your planning, and so there's a few big planners, Kobe Planner, et cetera. Now there is an app being released. I don't know if it's every day, but it's saying sure it's like it is. Then now we've got the AI-powered apps. Now we've got all this sort of stuff. We've got so many CRMs as well, you know, all, the, all these sort of things that are in this same sort of space, all continually being released, continuing with new spin, in our faces with our ads, maybe it's because we're in the productivity space, but it's always there on all of our socials. And they miss the one biggest thing, and that is people having or inputting the right intentions and dedicating the right time to do it. These apps aren't going to help them with that. Uh, it's, you know, if you put crap in, you get crap out. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the most frustrating thing with it all. Uh, and that's why... Hopefully, as a coach, I'm able to help people sort of negotiate, navigate their way through that. Yes, I have an app. Uh, absolutely. Um, but my app is custom made uh, for the way that I teach and the way that I help people think about their productivity. And it's also not released to the general public and clustering that space even more. So when we talk about coaching, um, because I do some of that as well, uh, do you find that there's a two-step forward, one-step back thing that can happen with people as you're coaching them, especially in the early phases where the, because there's a lot of deprogramming, I would imagine that has to happen. At least it, it does yeah. for me to a degree, but like along, not just along with the problem you just illustrated, but so many misunderstandings and misgivings about what productivity is, how to, why, you know, managing of time, like all of the, you know, we talked about this just before we record, like the nuances around it. How do you help someone who feels like, like they want it? Because what they want is they want the progress now. They want it done. Like they, they want to be done. And the thing is, is that it's never done. So how do you cultivate that, that understanding with your clients? I think that's really how people come to me. I think if, if people are coming to me completely overwhelmed, then we need to do something like a brain dump and then jump into uh, – like an Eisenhower matrix or something like that, just to clear the slate so they can think a bit more clearly. Uh, sometimes people will come to me uh, um, and they don't have any clarity on what they actually need to do next. Right. So we'll, we'll look at some things like the, the one thing, we might go back to goals, we might look at those sort of areas. Uh, but they want to have that perfect routine. They want to have those perfect habits established straight away. And whether it might be a salesperson that wants to get in the right habit first thing each day in making their calls or preparing themselves to do their calls, uh, a lot of the time they want to be able to jump straight in and, and do perfect 20 calls every day regularly because they need to get through 100 calls a week or something. The problem being that they haven't done 20 calls a day for the last, well, ever. Yeah. And they just want to jump straight into it. So so where do we start? Do we start at 10 calls a day or do we start at five calls a day? Do we look at focus, do we focus on building a consistent habit first at five calls a day and then gradually build that up to 20? Because they're still getting 25 calls a week if they just do five regularly a day rather than 20 calls in one day and then letting the whole day crash or, or wait and do their 20 calls on a Friday and the first four days are just preparing or whatever they – whatever it is they do, right? Mm -hmm. These sort of things come along. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a dying one. People so much into that. There's so many elements that we need to get clear first. Um, so often it ends up starting with a bit of a, a bit of motivation, a bit of, hey, look, this is what it could look like. Uh, and let's start moving towards that. But there's always going to be that 
three weeks, two weeks or three weeks of a new routine that is that ideal, that perfect routine, and then it crashes. That's right. what some for some reason people people get to that, and then we're just going to take it a step back, take it simple. The whole idea of building habits and stacking habits together, take the minimum viable dose, and then let's let's try now. And then that time around, it tends to tends to uh, continue as a good routine. It's almost like that that story about the frog that you know, if you try to throw a frog in a boiling water, it jumps out right away. But if you slowly turn up the heat on the on the the water, the frog doesn't even realize the water's happening. It, it most people want to jump right in, and then it just throws them for a loop. And I know it's a bit inverted there. You need to kind of cultivate it. And and one of the things you talk, mm. like these ideas of foundations of accountability, like what are some of the core principles or approach that you take? Because, you know, I mean, productivity is very personal, right? Like, I mean, as much as business is always, mm. you know, business may not always be personal. Productivity always is. We I mean, yes, we're working towards objectives. Like you said, the 20 calls or the hundred calls per week, but the subjective stuff happens within those calls, mm. right? Like, you know, how I do a call versus you do a call would be very different. So when it comes to your unique approach to, you know, accountability, discipline, like, can you yeah. share a little bit about that? Because I think that the flavor of what we do, you know, especially as long as we've been doing it, um, not only has changed, but it kind of can inform how people progress uh, along their productive path. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, I've, you know, I've been been coaching for a fair while now. Originally, as a personal trainer, and then got into sort of the, the corporate space, business coaching, executive coaching, and now doing what I do is a bit of a mix of it all, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and. One thing that seems to keep on coming up is the idea of the weekly review. And I know that you've had David Allen on your podcast and he has a weekly review sort of process. Uh, Maybe I pinched it from him. Maybe I pinched it from Brian Tracy who I used to work with. Maybe, you know, these sort of things do keep coming in cycles. Mm -hmm. But my weekly review, the idea is to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, And we're even taking sort of the idea of the military's after action review. Right, yes. uh, Where let's look at, what are we going to do? What worked? And we're going to keep doing it. What was a problem and how are we going to fix it? So it's called sustain, maintain and fix. I don't follow that exactly, but but the idea is there is that after we have action, let's have a review, see how we can uh, improve it. If there are obstacles, how can we fix them? And so my weekly review tends to occur on a Friday afternoon or a Sunday morning, depending on what your schedule is like. Um, the way that we do it now is that we have an app where people will go in and look at what I call the the six main success markers. Um, did they win the week? Uh, what was their productivity like? What was their routine like? What was their health, sleep, and fitness like? What was their um, capacity level? And then what the general productivity was. So these six markers, they they rate inside the app, and then they have mm-hmm. questions like um, uh, the three. What were the three things that you said you were absolutely going to do last week? So the main effort and two supporting efforts. Did you do them? Yes or no? And then after that, it's like, hey, what worked? What didn't? What are we going to build upon next week? And then how can I, as a coach, best help you? And they put this into the app. And then they come back to me uh, on a Monday or a Tuesday. My my um, North American clients might do a Sunday evening with me mm-hmm. to really get a kickstart to the week because that's, that's my Monday morning. And uh, then we run through it 
and I look at look at these um, markers that, that have come back. I can look at some sort of the, the historical tracking and see that their productivity is down. And that's because a couple of weeks ago, their health, sleep and fitness started falling off a little bit or their routine started falling off. Delve into the questions of what of a particular uh, um, uh, objective that they didn't complete. It's like, well, there's been a lot of occasions that this third um, sort of supporting effort here, you haven't completed, and it was this particular task. And then we'll dive deep on it. It's like, okay, what is your block? Maybe they found what the obstacle was on there, and then we're going to spend more time on that obstacle. So that's my way of sort of working with their productivity. That's the accountability side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we have we have habit trackers. We have actual productivity, what's called a positive productivity tracker, which is uh, each day, uh, if they want to do this daily. So the bare minimum is the weekly review, mm-hmm. but some people want to track everything. And yes, if people track everything, they tend to fall off after after a few weeks, particularly if they're doing the habits tracker, the weekly review and the productivity tracker. I normally only recommend we start with the weekly review and then we can add in one of the others. Mm-hmm. But my, my positive productivity tracker is um, one thing that we absolutely must do, two things that we need to do, one thing that we want to do, and one thing that we get to do. And that get to do one is sort of that positive uh, um, affirmation, sort of um, thankful. Uh, today I get to have dinner with the kids or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it might be something like that. So but it's a few different, different spins on things. Obviously standing on the shoulders of giants that have come before me and I've just taken what seems to work uh, and also what tends to resonate with my style, with my clients. I'm direct. Uh, I, I mean, these calls are only 15 minutes, our weekly review calls. So they are, they are sharp. Um, we jump straight in we, because we've got the app to see exactly where things are. And um, I call people out on their BS if they've got some crazy, um, crazy reasons they're having constant blocks or excuses or anything like that. Uh, and so that's the, that's the accountability slant on how we focus on productivity and then they come with a productivity PT because I might crack the whip a little bit and um... starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. 
be like a personal trainer, I guess. Well, there's commonalities there. Like the my book that I, you know, is coming out. Um, well, actually, it should it may may even be out by the time you listen to this podcast. But the the productivity diet, there is a correlation between, you know, the idea of what a diet is and what diet is, mm. right? And so people get really yeah. thrown when they, you know, the the term diet, like, oh, it's crash, it's quick, it's like like no, a sustainable diet is like something that is a lifestyle and productivity is essentially a lifestyle, yes. right? Which is why, you know, life hacks just like hacking things to death or even to your point, quantifying every moment is not the idea here. It's not the end game. It's it's and so mm-hmm. there's elements for sure. Like yes, you want to have like you want to make things a little bit simpler or easier and that's where life hacks can help, but if you life hack too much, then, you know, you might be cutting without care. And the same thing with, you know, uh, again, with, 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 when you look at this, just the misunderstanding of, I mean, when I look at personal training, for example, like when I've worked with a personal trainer, the first thing that they're not looking at how much I lift, they're looking at like, is my form correct? Am I, you know, like, we're going to put you on machines first because you've got the support of the machines as opposed to free weights because yes, free weights will help, will, will help you, you know, faster, but if you have poor form, they will also injure you faster. Right. And so there's a lot of commonalities there, which I'm sure you've, you've been able to address and even notice what's one, what was like a flip, like a one that you've noticed that you're like, oh, there's, there is. This, this means this when it comes to personal training and this translates to productivity in this way. Uh, yes, certainly. However, the, that one there about, about the, uh, the lifestyle and diets, I absolutely love that you, that you picked up on that because that was a constant thing as a personal trainer that we're trying to work people towards. They've got like a beach body by summer or they've got a, a wedding coming up or something like that. Yep. And we always hear about this yo-yo dieting and people sort of going, going, on, going on the diet for, for eight weeks, they lose the weight and then they come off the diet and they bounce back plus right percentages as well right uh and when i started um fasting i've been fasting now for probably 15 years i do a one that's kind of been colloquial called the the five two but it's not really that but every sunday for about 20 odd, odd hours and sometimes during the week i'll fast now people fast to lose weight Mm-hmm. People fast to because it's a diet or something like that. And I said, no, it's absolutely got to be a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is this is who I am now. This is a lifestyle. This is why I've been doing it for so long. How many diets do people stay on for 15 years? <laughs> um, so, right. So, so yes, there, there's that that diet um, versus lifestyle side is is definitely a big part of it. And and we try to make this productivity sort of stuff part of a lifestyle. Yep. They can't be doing this yo-yoing between one guru who says this, another guru who says that, and and a third thing that pops out. And then we're always chasing that shiny object and bouncing and doing yo-yo dieting on productivity and self-help. Because people are listening to all these things, they're listening to all these podcasts, all these audio books, and reading all the books, doing all the courses. They're not implementing because they're bouncing from one to the other. They're not implementing any of it. Any of the, was it, hundred and one and a half million books that are out there on this topic will probably help them. Yeah. If they just spend some time afterwards implementing it into their lifestyle and yep. not going on a diet while they're reading the book or doing the course and then yo-yoing back and the whole productivity is falling in a hole. It's like they'll put on a yo-yo diet weight again plus a certain extra percentage of more 
unproductivity. Well, and, and, so, and the, the clutter yeah. shows up, like you talk about the apps thing, like the leaving a, 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 a litany of apps in their wake because they've tried everything and then, and they're trying to find the perfect app, but there's no such thing. They're yeah. trying to find the perfect process. There's because no, nothing is static. Even, even again, back to personal training, like w- when I was doing some training and, and even when you like one of the things that they would add were dynamic elements. Like, okay, you've plateaued now. We need to mix things up because your body has gotten used to this. And now we need to change it so that it, it goes, oh, this is different and starts doing something. It's why there's, I mean, cheat days exist too, right? Like the idea of a cheat day, right? Well, if you eat healthy all week long and you're like, great, keep eating healthy, keep eating healthy. Fasting is an element of that too, right? But it's like, you know, Friday's cheat day. You can eat whatever you want. We're like, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. And the thing is, is I've noticed that when that happened, it's not so much that I will go and be a glutton and eat a lot of crap. I just won't be as deliberate about certain things. It's not like I'm going to go order a whole pizza and eat a whole pizza sitting down or whatever, or go like drink a two liter bottle of soda, but I I'm not as uh, there's less constraints around it. We need constraints, but it's, it's fascinating that again, people want results right away. And the, and the tricky part, and this is what I was going to ask you about next is the reflection piece. People don't take time for that reflection that the, they, they spend tons of time planning. They're willing to do that because it's yeah. forecasting. But when it comes to reflection, they're ready to move on to the next thing. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. But reflection needs to proceed and follow every action for it to make sure that you're doing the right action. How do you, like the app obviously helps, but the resistance that people have to reflect, how have you dealt with that? I have dealt with that because people are paying me for a quarter to have a call with me every single week. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't do the app, then we're going to go through the app and the call. And it's going to take five minutes out of their call. Yeah. Or seven minutes out of their call. So you're hitting them and in the pocket. And they're paying me good money to, to actually be there. And so that's the accountable and the accountability side as well. They're like, oh crikey. Not not only is Ben going to have words with me, now we're going to take half of our call time. We're not going to be able to delve as deep into the obstacles. Uh, We've got to complete this. So that is one way that's been sort of built into the system, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, to help people with the reflection. But it's definitely tough. I mean, reflection hurts. You've got to look at your failures when you reflect. You've got to go, I didn't do as well as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. You've You've got to realize that, yeah, I went down that rabbit hole on YouTube again. Yep. Yeah, you've got to smack yourself for that. But Ben, you know what happens though? And this is, I think, something that people need to recognize. The more you reflect, the less you focus on the bad and the more you focus on the good. But you have to get through the bad stuff first because we're humans are predisposed to have negativity bias show up first and foremost. But you can't reflect past that if you only reflect in a very rudimentary and or non-consistent way. If the more it's, it's why it's a practice, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and when you're reflecting more on the wins, you're stacking those wins together, but going down that Seinfeld method of like that stack the wins. That's the reason my business is called win the day. Mm -hmm. We talk about winning the week. We're trying to stack these consistent wins together. uh, And, and you start to um, find that much easier when you're limiting the, the negatives, the downside, when you're focusing on those wins in that reflection. But yes, we certainly need to get through those, you know, 
the, the things that haven't been working so well for us, but then we turn that into a win because we're going to improve it the next week because we've just identified what it is that hasn't been working. We've named it. We've named that, 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 that issue. And now when it starts coming up, you're automatically going, ah, I see what you're doing here. I'm going down that path. I now need to go the other direction. You yeah. start to recognize that and then you can make the change. And that's because we see patterns and humans love patterns just as much as they love the other stuff. Patterns are super helpful. And this gets into the idea of routine. When, you, when you're helping people build routine, um, I'm curious how that, how that establishing of routine works because, again, people can over-engineer them. They can make them, I mean, I remember reading, and I talk about this when I talk about routine as well, especially because I'm a night owl. So I'm, and we'll get, we're going to close off with the whole night owl early bird thing uh, Mm because that's something I definitely want to touch on. But the idea of um, having an evening routine that is portable, making it bulletproof, which means you can't have like 12 steps in it either. How do you prevent people? I'm not going to ask how you necessarily like what goes into routine, but as a coach, how do you make sure that people don't either over-engineer or overwhelm themselves with the routines that they're building? It's a real tough one, and it m- most of the time ends up trial by error. Right. So I can say as much as I like, let's keep this simple. Let's only stack a couple of habits together to make the routine. But... Many people want to start stacking five, six, seven habits together, make the end of a routine. Let's do it in the morning. Let's do it at the close of work. Let's do it in the evening. And let's do it all all over again the next day. And I think that is the the biggest part of it is that we've just got to start with a really simple habit. We start stacking them together to make a routine, mm-hmm. but let's get that habit, that first habit at a good consistent time. Let's, let's make sure we can do that consistently for at least a couple of weeks and it feels super slow and it doesn't feel massively productive and it's not going to change their lives, although it can and it has done, has done so. Yeah, but they just won't see it right away. They don't see that. Yeah, it's not no. right away. Now, what's interesting is you, okay, so let me follow up that with how do you make sure that someone doesn't try to create the lack of distinction between a habit and a routine? Because that's happened to me before. Like, oh, well, my routine is habitual. I'm like, it only, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm going to do a morning routine. I'm going to make a habit. I'm like, well, what's the habit? That is the first step of the morning routine. Like, are you, oh, no, no, I'm just going to do my morning routine. I'm like, like, they're they're trying to do, they're putting the cart before the horse, right? So how do you keep them from putting the cart before the horse when it comes to, because you're right, habits are routines, or sorry, routines are habits stacked upon one another. People tend to jump right to the routine, or worse, they they don't have a routine at all. Like, evening routines are hilarious to me because they're like, I have a morning routine. Do you have an evening routine? No, nah, I just go to bed. I'm like, Okay, but I don't care whether you're a night owl or an early riser. Having an evening routine is as, if not more important than your morning routine because you set the de- the table for the next day. So how do you keep them from, again, not, ju- not over-engineering, but just saying misrepresenting like the idea of a habit versus a routine so that they don't try to bite off more than they can chew? Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. 
In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. The same thing as what I did when uh, I was trying to get people to hit the gym regularly as a personal trainer. I worked out what they currently do. Do you currently like doing classes? Do you currently like running on the treadmill? Do you currently like bench press? Okay, we're going to start there. So what, it, what are their current habits? Do they do something regularly in the morning? Is it making that coffee? Okay, what can we now link with getting up, stumbling to the coffee machine and, and making yourself a coffee? Is that, do, do we link reading something positive or do we link putting on their favorite podcast, podcast while they are making their coffee? How is that going to start their day right? Let's just maybe see what habits they've currently got. Let's try replacing one with another, if it's a negative one with a positive one, or let's try just stacking one habit to that. The moment we've stacked one habit to one set they've, they've currently got, that's not a bad habit necessarily, then we're starting to build that routine. You can do the same thing at night, but you know, a lot of people like to focus on the morning routine. My big thing, uh, and I'm probably segueing for you here, is the evening routine. Mm. That's my big one that yeah. I like to focus on as well. So that is a nice segue because um, there you were a night owl, right? You were a night owl, and you shifted to mornings. Now, we're 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 not going to get into a tete a tete about whether or not it should be something you do or not because I you do have that you do have, I know that that's something that you address. I am the thing that you know we we circle back to the very thing I talked about off the top, like the thing that people misunderstand or misrepresent or they get wrong about productivity, and the thing that drives me nuts is people like. Night owls have this stigma attached to them, right? They're lazy. They procrastinate. Um, there's a lot of studies that you never see about, you know, listening to your body clock as opposed to fighting it. You only see the whole, like, night owls get fat. Night owls are, you know, they, they're going to die earlier. It's that. So are left-handed people because the world's built for right-handed people, but that's not something we can necessarily change, right? Like, that's – so I want to hear a little bit about the journey that you had to become an early riser. And I'm, I'm probably setting it up for you nicely here too. Do you believe that it is important for somebody to become an early riser if they are a night owl? Well, first and foremost, no, I don't. Uh, 
I will absolutely advocate the benefits of getting up early. I see them. I like it because it's quiet time. Mm-hmm. I like being able to go down the road, drive the road to the gym and, and, and the town's pretty much empty and I can own the main street to the gym or something like that. But you can also get that by being staying up to 2 a.m. and in the gym at 2 a.m. I was going to say, because night walks are pretty new light walks. Uh, last night, we were talking about this. We walked home last night at 10 p.m. There was nobody around, and there's a solitude and serenity tonight as well. The difference is it's, it's again, the day versus the night. But keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, I, I love walking the dog at 10 p.m. at night. And I, it's also beautiful going out there really early in the morning. The, my journey was I was a jazz musician. So I didn't start work till like 11 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a night owl. Prior to that, I used to love reading late at night. And I'd sneak the, the, the book under the covers with a, with a torch and I'd be reading till like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Even today, if I'm still awake after 11 p.m., I get my second wind. Yeah. And I'm still ready to go then and I can go hard until 2 a.m. So that second wind is still there. Mm-hmm. Now, whether I made the switch through necessity, whether it was the fact that I had three kids under three, whether it was also the fact that I moved to Sweden and the time zones are completely different, maybe I just never got out of my jet lag for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was the fact that I started working as a personal trainer and you need to be at the gym by 6 a.m. Yeah. Maybe it was the fact that I was working night shift as a night guard for a hotel and that was also completely messing up my, my uh, circadian rhythm. Maybe it was actually the fact that I also started to study my circadian rhythms and really go deep on sleep because I wanted to understand, you know, why is it this night hour thing versus this 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 morning more early morning? I like to question these things that people always say. Early bird gets the warm, uh, worm, stuff like that. The reason I started fasting was I wanted to question why we've always taught ourselves to have to eat five or six times a day. Uh, I just wanted to question it, so I'll experiment and testing test things on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the morning thing has absolutely been productive for me, but also because as my kids have got older, they were sleeping a little bit longer and I was able to get an hour to myself in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that that was super productive. Uh, working as a tradies often also, also restart quite quite early too. So that was a that was a huge part of it. Yes, it was by necessity, but it's simply understanding my own sleep patterns and my own circadian rhythms that enables me to do that. Now, it's got nothing to do with um, I am a, a morning person now. I am still a night owl or anything like that. It's just understanding how my how my body is working, where I am I the most productive. Sometimes I have stayed up real late, not because I've had a deadline to reach, but because I, I, I was up to 11 o'clock and I'm feeling like this is, this is a great quiet time now and I'm, I know I can smash some things out. Yeah. Um, think about military stuff. Uh, you know, you might you might be up through 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 crazy hours through the night. You might be up at four a.m. Things are always chopping and changing. Uh, I don't think we have to be set at any particular time. The first thing people, I mean, so many people have come to me because they know that I. I mean, I had a website five a.m. club for a while and a few other things like that. Mm-hmm. And I talk about you know um, people come to me say I want to be able to wake up earlier. The first thing I ask them is just why. Yeah. Why do you want to wake up earlier? Is it because you can't get enough done throughout the day because you're not being productive throughout the day? You feel you need to squeeze another two hours out because you go down rabbit holes during the day, waste time on social media? Or, or Why do you need to get up early? Or worse, is it because you're reading that it's what you should do? 
Like that's the yeah. biggest problem I have is it, yeah. you know when I talk about being a night owl, it's not me saying I don't, I have no intention ever of convincing someone to become a night owl. Like that's not what I want. Like I would never. But a lot of the the literature out there, and we've talked about this with productivity. Like this is the way you should do it. This is the way it works. We get a lot of like you know if you get up early, you're going to be more productive. That's not nece- that's that is not necessarily true. It doesn't. It might be. And you can test it. And this is exactly, you know, I watched, um, uh, I've, I've mentioned this before. I think I mentioned this in the community. I haven't mentioned this podcast, but my son and I went and saw the movie Oppenheimer, you know, the, 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 the Christopher yeah. Nolan movie. And there's a bit in it where, and I didn't know a lot about Oppenheimer. I knew of him in, in, in passing, but there's a part where he goes and meets the people who actually build the stuff. So he's chatting with the character and the, the, the guy who builds like, you know, the missile, the bombs and all that stuff goes, Hey, do you want to give us a hand? He goes, no, 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 I don't build. I just give you the formulas. And so he's a, and I'm like, Oh, so again, theoretical, like he's a theoretical um, physicist. Right. And I'm like, the more I thought about you, you, the reason I bring this up too is because you said it yourself is a lot of the time, what we're doing in the realm that we're in is we are testing theories. Like we're, we're literally, theorists when it comes to productiveness, when it comes to, you know, improving relationships, like we will test them. We will see what works for most, you know, by testing it and giving to them. But to your point, and you do this literally with your clients, they have data, they have an app. You are saying, go do this. You get the, 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 the data back and you go, well, this worked, this didn't. Right. And then you refine Mm -hmm. the, you refine it. So a lot of this is theory put into practice, but theory change like it can change right like theory is is evolving until it isn't and in some instances i'm sure there's stuff that stays exactly the same but there's very few things that are static compared to dynamic and when it comes to circadian rhythms like you say first off we all know that circadian rhythms change over a lifetime anyway as a night out, I don't stay up till three in the morning naturally, two in the morning naturally anymore. I, you know, it's just not, I'm getting older, right? Also, night out doesn't necessarily mean you stay up late. It could mean that you just hit your productive stride later in the day than others, right? So it's nuanced, and this all comes back to this, and this is why coaching can be super helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's the other sort of frameworks around that. I mean, I've been fortunate enough, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been fortunate enough that my kids ended up being so used to me hitting the gym at 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. that they ended up joining me, my three teenagers, at the gym at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. That became part of our lifestyle. They just saw that, okay, that's just the lifestyle that we live. Mm-hmm. They're all active. They're all doing sports. This is the lifestyle that we live. And uh, as a coach, we need to look at someone's lifestyle. We need to look at the fact is, hey, what's your relationship like at home? Would your wife prefer you to go to bed with her or to wake up with her in the morning? Yeah. Or both. Can you both sync up on that on that lifestyle? If you're continually going to bed at 2 a.m. and then you're sleeping in past the time that she wakes up continually, when are you guys actually going to have a chance to connect? Mm-hmm. So as a coach, we can also ask those questions about lifestyle and use our experience of things that we've seen and things that we've tried ourselves on how we can improve um, across the board. You can also, I think that's the important part of it. Yeah. You can also do things like, and again, this is where we get outside the box. Like there's another stigma with like my wife and I, we have a good, obviously have a great relationship, but she know if I go to bed with her now, it feels weird. 
right? Like the, for her, it's just like, and that's, ex- she likes the fact that I, in fact, we've already decided that once the kids are gone, separate bedrooms, right? Like not that, and so there's an interesting phenomenon around that. Cause there's a lot of people say we would sleep much better if we had separate bedrooms. But as soon as you're societally saying, oh, my wife and I, we have separate beds. Oh, is there something going on? Like what's the problem? So on and so forth. Um, because sleeping in the same bed is still a fairly new convention, right? Like for the longest time, you, I mean, up until, you know, the, the reason that you would sleep in the same beds is because you couldn't afford a home that would have enough bedrooms for you. And so you would share a bed, right? And event, initially it was a sharing a room. We used to see this in the fifties on TV, I guess, which is like two separate beds, not in the same bed, two beds in the same bedroom, one bed for each person. So it, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about. It's like, well, you know, when the kids are gone, oh, well, I'll have my bedroom, you have yours. And, you know, when we want to connect in other ways, we'll, we'll have a sleepover. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, there are societal mores and social, and social um, cultural things that, that affect the decisions we make. And it's really, this is where I, like you said, like we've kind of alluded to, coaches can really help you with that because it helps you step back and think about it yep. because when we're in the weeds, you can't, right? You just can't. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I talked about going up to the 30,000 foot and having that um, helicopter view or airplane view on their life, having that third party perspective. Uh, I often talk about a coach being like the uh, a helicopter pilot um, above a national park and you as a client are walking through a path in the forest and you can't see which way is in, which way is out. You can't even see there's a beautiful waterfall down this particular path. You can't see that there's a cafe on this other path. And this other path here ends in a crevasse. But the helicopter pilot up there, they can see all these things and they can guide you through all those different all those different directions. And that's probably one of the most powerful things that, that we can do as a coach. And as that third party, uh, yes, we are invested. Of course, we're invested in our clients, but we're able to ask those, those tough questions. Uh, we're able to ask those clarifying questions and sort of be act as that guide. And that's, that's a really important part of it. And then we can help shape any of these routines, any of these habits, what they're looking to achieve with their productivity rather than just bouncing from a course or a guru or some, or what someone else does that they want to be like uh, and just bouncing out and trying that channel without going deeper and understanding the reasons why behind it. Ben, this has been a great conversation. As I mentioned off the top, we could probably keep going for, for a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. But in the interest of time and productivity, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Where can people uh, keep up with you and the work that you're doing? Uh, winthedaycomau that last .au will be uh, for Australia. So winthedaycomau uh, find me on socials, win the day. Also, uh, I've got some new ones popping up now, the Productivity PT or Productivity PT on socials. And uh, yeah, I'll give you a special link. If people want to learn a bit more about me, maybe they'll want to check out my little ebook on, on goal setting, how I try to make stuff super simple, uh, or just learn a bit more about how I operate as an accountability coach. I'll give you a, a link. It'll probably be something like Productive Conversation. Yeah. Uh, Winthedaycomau And we'll put that in the show notes for people to be able to grab that. Uh, hey, Ben, thanks so much for having a productive conversation with me today. Hey, thank you very much. It's been fantastic. Thanks to Ben for joining me on this episode of the podcast. You can find out all of the relevant show notes, including the link that he alluded to at the end of our conversation at productivityist.com slash podcast 
510. That's 510. And if you want to, you can also just check out the links that are in the podcast app that you're holding right now, or maybe not holding, but it could be off in the corner, anywhere you get your podcast. And while you're anywhere you can get your podcast, subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come and can easily get through the archives of the over 500 episodes of the program, including uh, guests James Clear, David Allen, Chris Bailey, uh, John Acuff, so many more uh, that you can go back and find as quickly and easily as a subscriber. Another way to support the show, of course, is to check out our uh, sponsors, the ones you heard during the conversation today. Just head to productivities.com slash podcast sponsors to check them out and then use the links there so that way they know that we sent you. That's it for this episode, this time around here on A Productive Conversation. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.